You're listening to the My NFT Journey podcast. Each week our host Andy Storch will share his journey and newly found passion for non-fungible tokens. Welcome to My NFT Journey. I'm your host Andy Storch and this is a show where I share my NFT journey as well as the journeys of others to help you along the way in your NFT journey. A lot of people are jumping into the NFT space. Still plenty of skeptics out there. It's still very, very early and a lot of things are tricky and difficult to figure out. And that's why I created this show to help people in their journey. And today I'm publishing part two of my conversation with my friend Brad Barrett, who is the co-founder and co-host of the Choose Fi show, Choose Fi as in financial independence. If you haven't listened to that, make sure you check it out. He's also an author, uh, active on Twitter and other platforms, and uh, just an expert when it comes to all things financial independence, financial investing, and comes at things from a traditional financial perspective. He's also a former accountant who has gotten really into NFTs. So I wanted to have him on to share his perspective on taxes. So if you have started to get into NFTs and you've been wondering about the tax implications, how do you report? What do you need to report? What is a taxable event? Brad goes into all of that in this episode. We also talk about some DeFi, some uh, other NFT platform called Looks Rare that we have invested in or we have tokens staked in. And Brad gets a little bit fired up about the security side and the things we've done to protect ourselves from losing our digital assets. So if that's something you've been wondering about, worrying about, make sure you listen to all of this and uh, reach out to us with any questions. Make sure you follow Brad on Twitter and follow me as well and let us know what you think. Enjoy. So let's transition to the tax side of this mm. because you know we're talking about all kinds of different investments. I have a lot of listeners who are getting into NFTs and starting to wonder like, okay, what are the implications of this? Like, do I need to report this? I know you get this question a lot. I know you're not like actively working as an accountant, but you have all, all the training. And I think you're in a great unique position in that you have all that traditional training, but you also have all this knowledge as an NFT investor. So what are the things we need to be thinking about as we're investing in NFTs and DeFi and that sort of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. It's a really important question. And we all do need to be thinking about this. So you cannot stick your head in the sand, especially because there's some complexity to it. It's what I'd like to give. And and as you said, like, I'm not currently a, a, you know, a CPA in public practice or anything. And obviously none of this is financial advice and things change. I mean, that's, what's important. It's like, we need to keep up on this. So the rules for crypto are constantly changing, but let's give like a mental framework Mm. on how to even approach the concept of taxation. And this is in the US, obviously. So I'm sure you have international listeners, but we're talking US tax here. So I guess, you know, there's a bunch of, of different things you need to consider. So at, at the very first, it's let's assume we're purchasing all of our NFTs in Ethereum. Obviously, that won't always be the case, but as of right now, 99 yeah. plus percent are, are in ETH. So let's just, we'll, for the sake of simplicity, we'll do that. So when you actually purchase an NFT, So, okay, actually, let's take one step back. You, again, I buy in through Gemini or Coinbase, whatever, but on a centralized exchange, I'm buying my Ethereum. Yeah. Okay. So let's say I bought one ETH for $3,000. So there is no taxable event. There's, you don't have to report anything. There's no tax. Okay. That's the important thing. But what you now have, you've purchased an asset. Yeah. Okay. So that's one of the kind of annoying things. We think of this as cryptocurrency, as if it was just akin to another currency. But the way that it's currently treated is you're buying an asset, okay? Mm -hmm. So that Ethereum that you just bought is similar to if you bought a stock for $3,000 in a share. 
your cost basis, it's known, okay? Your purchase price in this case is $3,000, okay? So you have one ETH that's worth 3,000 bucks. Now, again, no taxable event there, but now let's say you take that ETH, you send it to MetaMask. Again, no taxable event. You can move it, you still own it, everything's right. good. But you go and buy, you buy an NFT, right? Yep. And for the sake of simplicity, we'll say it's one ETH, all yep. right? So what actually occurs there is, you are selling, as crazy as it sounds, you are selling your Ethereum at that moment for whatever the price is in ETH. So in, in USD. So that's the important thing is we're, even though one ETH is one ETH, how we, you know, we like to think about it. Yeah. But the price of ETH in this scenario has gone up to 3,200. Right. So that's, okay. That's thing. the perfect one. We'll use 3,200. Yeah. So in that case, you actually now sold your ETH for $3,200. So you have a $200 capital gain. Mm. Okay. So you sold it for 3,200. You bought it for 3,000. The difference is your capital gain. But obviously on the other side, if it was 2,800, if it went down, you would have a capital loss and that would actually be to your benefit on your tax return. So this is not all bad. This is not all like the government yeah. doesn't win both ways. Like this is not a grumble about the government. Right. So it's just, we need to know the rules, right? So when that occurs, and the beautiful thing about the blockchain and Etherscan is you have a record of all of this stuff. Right. So you know exactly what the price of ETH was at the exact instant that you purchased that NFT. So that actually makes record keeping a lot easier. Mm -hmm. But a piece of advice I would give is you want to do this as you go along, ideally, or there are some tax softwares. There's a Zen Ledger Zen and Ledger, yeah. I think Cointracker is another one. Uh, Zen Ledger seems to be the best one that I've seen in my experience, but they kind of aggregate all this stuff for you. So you don't need to like meticulously keep detail if you don't want to, but the way my brain works, I like at least to keep a general sense of what's happening. So I don't have to recreate it all, you know, a year later and try to yeah. figure out what the heck I did. Right. So right. I do kind of just keep notes and keep a, a general tally of where everything is. But anyway, so right there, you had that, that $3,200, you have that $200 capital gain. Okay. Yep. And that will get reported on your tax return. So every time, unfortunately, every time you purchase an NFT, you have a taxable transaction. Mm. Okay. Because of that quote unquote sale of ETH, even though you don't, you're right. Again, you no, don't not really selling like ETH. That. I'm actually tr like trading it or exchanging it to exactly. someone using exactly. it as a currency, but it's still I'm getting rid of an asset to acquire another asset. And that's a taxable event. Exactly. And you know, I have, I suspect that will change eventually, mm -hmm. but that is just my own opinion and it, it is yeah. not valid at all right now. Right. I can't imagine that will be the case 10 or 20 years from now, right. but regardless, it is now. So, so right, that happens. And then what happens? Then now you have a basis in that NFT, right? So in this case, it's that $3,200, mm -hmm. right? Because that was the sale price, quote unquote, of ETH. Now you have a basis of $3,200 in that NFT. and if that NFT goes up or down, and this is the single most important thing. If the listeners come away with one thing from this entire podcast, this is it. It doesn't matter if on paper that NFT goes up or down. Right. Okay. You do not owe tax. If that NFT went from one ETH 
to a hundred ETH, right? It was a board ape my, or crypto. My, my six V friends are worth a lot more than I bought them for, but I have not sold them. Yes. So they're only paper returns right now that they're not taxable, no taxable events. Exactly it, right? They are unrealized gains in that case. So you do not have any taxable event until you sell one, in your case, one or more of those V friends, right? right? So that's the critical part. A lot of, I see so much misinformation on Twitter, you know, crypto Twitter of, oh, I've got to sell things to pay my taxes. And it's like, right. no, I don't think you understand how this works. You know, like yeah. <laughs> you only pay taxes because you sold something. It's the exact right. opposite thing. Yeah. Now, obviously I don't know their situations. They probably did wacky stuff, but for us normal people, if you have an unrealized gain, there's no tax on it until you sell it and realize that gain. And then you have to do the, okay, my basis was $3,200. What's the price in US dollars when I sold this thing? Right. So yeah. like you always have to keep track of the USD because you're not going to put an amount in ETH on your US 1040, <laughs> on your <tax> right? Return. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's the US dollar. So I think that at the super highest level, like that's what we need to remember. Then there's some detail and, and in all honesty, this is like, it's a little beyond the scope of this is like, do you get to deduct X? Do you, do you get to deduct the, the gas fees? Mm. And I think the current thought process is that you do get to deduct the gas fees. Mm -hmm. But again, that can kind of change. There's some nuance to it. I, I don't want to give that kind of financial advice on the podcast. But yeah. like, again, at the high level, all you need to know is, okay, you have ETH, it has a basis, you sold it for an amount, you either have a gain or loss that has to be reported. And then you have this basis in your NFT. Now, obviously, Andy, if you've sold NFTs, like I know you and Bennett, you guys sell NFTs, right? Like, I think I've only sold one. So like yeah. my actual sales of NFTs, I don't have to report anything other than that one. Right. But for people that do, few. right? Like you've sold NFTs, like you need to report those gains or losses as well. And then yeah. they all kind of just get, get lumped together. In essence, like the gains and losses will just add together and you'll have one number and that gets right. reported. Now, like the last piece of nuance that's actually important is uh, long-term versus short-term. And, you know, it's funny, it's kind of comical to even think in terms of long year, term yeah, in, long in the term. NFT world. So you're talking about like 30 days if I hold something yeah, for seriously. more than a month? Two months is extremely long. Yeah. But you really need to think about this in terms of like how you, the taxation on sales of stocks or mutual funds, it, it's really the same thing. These are capital assets is how they're treated as of now. So if it's held for more than a year, so literally a year and a day, it's long-term capital gains or losses. Okay. So if you qualify, if you have a gain, you qualify for a lower, a preferential tax rate on a long-term capital gain. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you've got something that you've held for 11 months and you're thinking about selling it, you might, and, and you're getting close to that year, it's, it could make a big difference, especially if there's Hang a big on. gain in there because it's either ordinary income rates. So if it's short-term, that's your ordinary rate. That's your top marginal bracket, right? Mm -hmm. So for a lot of us, that's 22%, 24%, potentially right. 32 if you make a lot of money or more, right? Versus most of us are going to pay 15% on long-term capital gains. Some people might even pay zero, depending if your taxable income is low enough. It's not even like super low, like reasonably low. 
you might pay 0%. So there's a big potential tax benefit for long-term cap gains. So again, it sounds insane to think about holding an NFT for a year at this point yeah. to most people, but it is something to consider. Well, you and I are both in projects that we are committed to long-term, like my V friends, you know, most of them, I probably won't sell for 20 years. Who knows, right? We'll, we'll see what happens. But it's good to have that frame of reference, especially as you get up to like the 10, 11 month mark. You mentioned, you know, if you've only done a few transactions, you could probably use a spreadsheet to, to track some of this stuff. But if you've done a lot like me and didn't start tracking it, then um, finding software, my accountant sent me the Zen Ledger software and I have not started using it yet. I've been putting it off, totally procrastinating, but I'm going to dig into that soon. And maybe I'll do an episode about my experience using it and, and tracking all of the, the stuff. One question I have, and it sounds terrible to ask this question, but it sounds on my mind, putting integrity aside, like we know that we need to report these things, but the whole idea of crypto and NFTs is that everything's decentralized. A lot of people um, don't use their real names in the space. I think when you you know sign up for MetaMask, you're not giving a lot of information. It's not like signing up for a Fidelity account. Is it realistic to think that the, the US government, at least in our case, doesn't even really know about our transactions? I know it's all on the blockchain and it is once they know who you are and what your wallet is, it's easy to go back if somebody was going to do a full investigation. But it's possible that a lot of people could be getting away with stuff for a couple of years now before the government really catches up and understands what's going on. Yeah. I mean, it is certainly possible. It is obviously possible. I mean, I, I don't imagine there are that many IRS agents with in-depth <laughs> knowledge of, you know, the regular IRS agent with in-depth knowledge of, of the blockchain. But like you said, well, first, obviously, I'm not advocating that. I think no, we are not advocating that we skirt the tax system. Like any way, shape, pay, or form. Pay like, the taxes that you owe. Like I said, putting integrity aside is just a curiosity of mine. Curiosity. So, but as you said, it's all on the blockchain. So, I yeah. mean, it is literally, it's as easy to trace as possible. And especially like when you're putting USD in, it's pretty, if you did get audited, mm -hmm. I would think it would be pretty easy to say, okay, show me. Because if it was all just still sitting in your Coinbase or Gemini account, yeah. all right, that's pretty easy to authenticate. But once it gets sent out to MetaMask, mm -hmm. they're going to have questions, right? So, yeah. and I think, as you said, the integrity is the most important thing. Like the onus is always on you, the taxpayer, to report fairly and honestly. And that's right. in all things, right? So like yeah. if you earn money on the side, that's all, quote unquote off the books, like yeah. The onus is on you to report fairly and properly. Like if we all cheated on our taxes, like yeah. we'd have a pretty bad society, you know, in, right. in my opinion. Yeah. Like, so like to me, it's like the the Tom Bilio, like I'm the type of person that dot. And like mine mm. is my identity statement is that does the right thing even when nobody is looking. Like yeah. that's actually my identity statement. So like, like that. you know, for me, like I'm going through and spending dozens of hours trying to get this exactly right. And like I think the important thing is like you do the best you can. Like right. that's the most, like if you're worried about ticking and tying to every penny and that's going to stop you from going into Zen Ledger or doing this on Excel, like yeah. just get it done. You know, just don't worry about everything. Like as long as you're doing your best effort to report it fairly and properly and honestly, yeah, everything's going to be fine in your taxes. Nobody's going to jail as long as you're, you know, you're right. doing this, but obviously, you know, you do the wrong thing. You have yeah. to pay the consequences. There could right? be implications, but yeah, do, do the best you can. The, the interesting thing is just that I don't feel like there's ever been this much responsibility or onus on us as users, right? Like, yes, I mean, if you're running your own business, sometimes income, like, you know, you're washing, you know, you're washing cars or something in cash, like you could get away with a lot of stuff, but most of us are doing transactions that are typically reported. All of my stock trading I do on Fidelity, like they do all that reporting for me. Like I don't have to report anything, right? It's automatically done. 
So I, I just don't think I've ever had this much responsibility in terms of reporting you know, big numbers. And again, like you said, do the right thing, no matter whether people are looking or not. It's just a very interesting you know, time for us in money management. Yeah, it is. And I mean, I think a lot of people talk about wanting that self-sovereignty, right? right. But, but are they really up to the responsibility, <laughs> right? And you right. see that a lot when people get quote unquote hacked. You know, you see a lot of board apes get hacked and they're yeah. not getting hacked. They're getting social engineered. They're getting scammed, you know, like mm -hmm. they're falling for silly, ridiculous tricks that are the easiest yep. things in the world. Yep. If you had any kind of security in mind to not fall for, right. Yep. And not to sound in incredibly rude, but like, like that's not getting hacked, you know, yeah. that's falling for something yeah. and it sounds terrible, but then yeah. what do people do? They go and they cry to open safe, mm -hmm. right? Like that's not the self-sovereignty that yeah. you supposedly signed up for. So it's like, that's why I'm so crazy about the security because yeah. I know if I screw up one thing, if I yeah. click on one link, yeah. my I could wake up and it could all be gone. Right. So I take this as seriously as like, you know, the, the proverbial guarding Fort Knox, like that's yeah. what you have to do. You are responsible for this. Yeah. You're responsible for everything. So when you go to that new site that somebody told you about, <laughs> Hey, mint this for 0.02, yeah. you could click on something and sign something that drains your entire wallet. Right. Right. So like use some discretion for God's right. sake, you know, <laughs> like don't click on things. This is so obvious, but like, you know, you have to be smart. You do. Right. right. Oh man, you were enthusiastic <laughs> about this, but I'm, but I'm glad you said that. I mean, I, I've done a couple episodes on avoiding scams and I'm on a mission to, you know, we want to educate as many people as possible. Cause there's, I just see more and more every day and you've got to really have your wits about you and be vigilant and be really careful. Maybe we'll do another episode sometime about security and like the measures you've taken versus yeah, the more lax that. measures I mean, that I've, love that. right. The more lax measures that I've taken. <laughs> you know? And I, and you know, I, I, you could tell I'm, I'm very passionate about this. I was, I, I didn't, I was kind of being jokingly there with, yeah. you know, how excessive I got with it, but like, but I'm just so passionate about like, for goodness sake, like yeah, protect yourself. don't click on links. If somebody DMs you in discord, 99% it's a scam unless you've met them in real life, right? Like if, somebody, yeah. like if somebody messes you on Twitter, like you've never heard of them before, they have something great for you. You it's didn't win. You didn't right. get whitelisted. You're not right. clicking on that. Don't yeah. sign a transaction. Like if you do that, it could all be gone, right? right. Like don't give someone your seed phrase ever, yeah. like ever, never, ever. There's no yeah. excuse for it. Like yeah. don't let somebody, like I've seen all of these things of like, people share their screen with people and like they get the QR code from I know Metamask I've seen and it. it's gone. Yeah. Right. Like yep. don't do any of that stuff. Treat this as if nobody could ever see it. And just that will go a long way towards safety. So right. yeah, Agreed. That's my high horse for the day. <laughs> well, Brad, I don't want to end this on a sour note. So let's mm -hmm. flip that. Our last question. What are you most excited about with regards to NFTs? Why are you so excited about this space? Yeah, I am fascinated by the technology. Like that's, I, I, I cannot even imagine where this is going to go 10 years from now, because I think so many people think of NFTs right now as just JPEGs, mm -hmm. right? And like, I understand why a lot of normal people scoff at like, oh, they're spending $300,000 on a picture of a punk or an ape or a pet rock or, you know, like, I understand why that sounds ridiculous, but then when I look at the tech and I see, oh, you mean they can fractionalize ownership of that new song from that artist? Or like you can get involved in communities and have like special access or like 
you know, my daughter's favorite singer, Olivia Rodrigo, could like do something where people who go to 10 of her concerts, like she can give them special access and fly them out somewhere. Or like my kind of funny thing is like McDonald's and the McRib, like as ridiculous, I've never eaten one of these things in my life, but like there are people who are are fanatical about the damn yeah. thing and like yeah. right like if mcdonald's was smart enough to make like a limited edition nft that the only people could ever buy the mcrib mm -hmm. were the people who own that nft those things would be worth <laughs> tens of thousands of dollars and like you any mcdonald's you go to in the world yeah. if you had that in your wallet you get a special mcrib table and like yeah. think about like any my mind just goes crazy like thinking yeah. about all the possibilities yeah like right like this could be anything because as i describe nfts they're not stupid jpegs what they are it's verifiable digital ownership of everything verifiable digital ownership of everything that's what you're getting you're getting an authentication token of something right and this could be tied to everything in the real world this can be tied to every time rolex makes a watch it's not a real Rolex unless it is associated with that NFT, NFT right? Yep. You don't need helpers to authenticate things anymore. You don't need helpers to authenticate the veracity of, is that a real Rolex? Is that a real Monet right. or a Beeple, right? Like right. It, it is tied to that NFT. It's like how beautiful is that? So I am just fascinated by what does the world look like 10 years from now because of this technology? You and I are aligned on that. I'm so excited about all the possibilities in this space because of all the things you mentioned. I'm just glad you're excited about it too. And I love this interview and we have so much great information here. Brad, if people want to follow you and hear about more of the stuff you're doing with Choose Fi, and I know you've gotten more involved with Twitter and stuff uh, lately, where should they go? Yeah. So I guess the uh, Choose Fi podcast would be definitely the first place to go. So if you're interested in just kind of I, well, ultimately financial independence, financial independence right? yeah. like pursuing a life on your terms of not worrying about some other they impacting you when your finances and just feeling constantly behind, behind the eight ball. Like if you want to take control of your finances, I think Chooseify to me is the most empowering place you can go anywhere. So a good place to start is episode 100 way back when just scroll back to episode 100 It'll give you a sense of just the concept of FI. And then, yeah, like you said, I'm on Twitter at Brad Choose FI. Okay. Yeah. You're kind of doxxed out there like me, as they say, <laughs> using real names. Yeah. Choose FI is the absolute best place to go if you're looking for financial independence. The podcast is great. I'm a regular listener. You've got a huge Facebook group, website, all kinds of resources. So Brad, thanks again for being here. I really appreciate it. Yeah. This was so much fun, Andy. Thanks again. All right. Take care. Thank you.